Hey team, a race that is near and dear to me in my hometown is coming back for 2024, the Slide and Enduro Series. For the month of April, you can do the weeknight series each week for a cumulative weeknight standing or just come to race all four stages in one day with the one-day race. New for 2024, there will be a bonus stage for pro and expert. What Mike, the awesome race director, is looking for is sponsorship for the entire series. There are a few tiers of sponsorship. A gold sponsor is $1,000, silver is $500, and bronze is $250. These can all be cash or equivalent products at wholesale value. All levels will receive their company logo on the event shirt in varying sizes based on their sponsorship level, but the gold level will go on the event posters and banner. If you're wanting to go for gold, you need to have your info in by March 10th. For silver and bronze, you need to have your info in by April 1st. No matter what level you choose, you'll be helping make racing and Salida possible so we all get more podium opportunities. You can reach Mike directly at info at SalidaEnduroSeries.com to receive the sponsorship agreement and stay tuned we will be doing a bonus jra in the near future that interviews mike so you can get to know him a little and learn how he puts on such an awesome event for salida Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. Wait, fucked that I up fucked all it the up. Way. Uh, <laughs> hello, and welcome to episode 133. Tonight's episode is brought to you by... Balls. That's right. It's the balls episode. <laughs> you would think that I'd be better at doing this than I am, but I'm not. So I mean, it. that's what people thought when they listened to the first file that I uploaded for 132. They're probably like, fuck, how, how long have they been doing this shit now? And it still just occasionally sounds like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do our updates first. Yep. Uh, I have nothing to talk about. Jeez. Well, shit. Didn't you? What did you do over the weekend? Uh, just truck stuff. And no one wants to hear that. I mean, people are. You don't have to like get into detail. Does it run? Yeah, it runs. It's got a new new engine. Wait, which one? You have so many of them now. The <laughs> the new one runs. The old one has been relegated to a parts truck. They're gonna strip all the stuff they want off of it, and uh, probably what take it to the the scrapper. And was the yep. new one already running? Oh yeah. So the new one was running. The old one did not run. You got another engine for it. So you've got two cars. Three engines? You got it. Phenomenal. Yeah. You like these odds, huh? <laughs> well, one of those three probably works. This one works great. Awesome. Just just need to replace the valve cover gaskets and bleed the brakes. And it'll be a bit because of scheduling before I work on it again, but hopefully the next time I work on it, I'll bring it home. And I bought some rock sliders and a rear bumper out of the junkyard. Oh, tell that story. That's good. The junkyard story? Did you have to yeah, fight off story. did you have to fight off any crackheads? I missed that about going to the junkyards. <clears throat> no, see I have this power when I go to the junkyard where magically things don't cost enough and I just smile at the ladies and ask them how their day's going and then they charge me for like ridiculous stuff and I say thank you and leave. That's awesome. So uh Matt's really good at batting his eyes at women and making them do whatever he wants. 
I mean, not really whatever he wants, but like, you know, getting a discount on junkyard car parts. He can he can pull that off. So I bought a fan shroud. Easy. I just need one. Mine has a little crack in it or something. I don't remember. Uh, or Troy's is cracked or something. That, just wanted to grab that out of the truck. And this truck was a disaster. The front bumper... Like the, the one in the junkyard? The one in the junkyard was a disaster. So We really went up there for one part, which is the center locking differential. To make this short story, you pull charges you like 30 bucks, and they sell on eBay for like hundreds of dollars. So are there um, electronic B-boops that make the center diff do things, or is it like a clunk, click-clunk like lever? So here's the deal. Uh, 99 through 2003... And I'm, I don't know the years on the Disco 1, but the Disco 1 and Disco 2 have the same... Disco means discovery, discovery. in non-Land Rover speak. So D1, D2, Discovery 1 and 2, they have the same transfer case. And the only difference is when they launched the Discovery 2, they put a bunch of traction control on it, and they didn't give you the option to lock the center diff. So you could crawl under there and lock it manually because it's done by cable, and that's that. And in 2004, the last year of the D2, they gave you the option of a center locking diff. So in uh, 99 through 2000, they just had a up down for the transfer case, high low range. And then in 2004, they gave you an H pattern for high low open or all wheel drive, high low four wheel drive. So you can bolt the, the center locking diff version into any Discovery 2. You just have to own one. And they're like $650 to buy one genuine, new. Sure. And you can sell pulled ones pretty quickly. So anytime there's no four, Troy and I go to try to grab it because potentially. How do you know what's in stock at the junkyard? They got online inventory. Oh, damn. But we get there and someone had removed the center diff lock console with a sawzall <laughs> it was amazing i mean it was awful You're like i'm not mad troy was mad Aww. but but the truck had a very homemade front bumper that was like falling apart but the rock sliders are terra firma rock sliders that retail for like 650 for the pair and then it had a rear bumper on it that we speculate is homemade but it but wa- better than the but front. it wasn't homemade by someone that doesn't know how to make stuff. If it was homemade, it just doesn't look like anything we've ever seen before. So get the sliders off, and we don't have a tool to pull the bumper. So we're like, all right, we're gonna buy the sliders. We're gonna go to Home Depot. We're gonna buy a wrench. We're gonna come back. We're gonna pull this bumper, and then we're gonna go home. And I take the sliders up with my fan shroud, and I'm like, how's it going? And She's like, what you got? And I like call the rock sliders sidesteps because that's what they are in you pull and pay lingo. And she looks in my wheelbarrow, rings some stuff up, and it's like 4747. And I'm like, okay. And I pay and we leave. And I look at my receipt and she charged me for interior plastic five inches or less. And then for those sliders that are like five feet long, she charged metal bracket 8 to 12 inches 16.99 each. It was so amazing. <laughs> there, there you go. And then we saw a car crash and we went to Home Depot and then we came back and we pulled the bumper and we left you pull and pay again and we drove through the same intersection and the cops still weren't there yet. So, 
how much did she charge for the bumper? $99. Oh, okay. So I got $1,200-ish worth of stuff for 150 bucks plus the cost of a 24-millimeter wrench and two Red Bulls. <laughs> oh, you're like, my stomach was messed up all weekend. I had two Red Bulls at once. No, Troy had one. <laughs> Is that it? That's that's pretty much all I'm going to get into. Um, the Disco 2 number 2 is, is coming along well. It's silver in color. I think I'm going to call it the Champagne. <laughs> the Champagne of Discoveries. No, C-H-A-M-P-A-I-N. Oh, okay. C-Pain instead of T-Pain. Yeah, but I'm going to get like an obnoxious window sticker made and gold rims. And oh, cool. So I'm not doing any of that. How big are your tires going to be? 33 inches. Ooh. Why don't you just go up to 35? They won't clear. I mean, you got a Sawzall. The problem is is they won't clear. 33s are a good size. Troy has some tires that measure 34 that cleared with the same lift that I have. Um, he did say, though, he got some different tires before he went down to Mexico, and he said the truck drove a little peppier with a little bit smaller tire. So I'm going to go for something in that 33-ish range. Um, got to buy tires still. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I got 31s, but I keep them clean. <laughs> and that's it. That's all. I'm not going to make this into the Land Rover and hunting show. I haven't ridden my bike because I've been deep in Land Rover world. Yeah, all I've got to talk about is hunting. But i got to have the cool helicopter story. Oh! <laughs> this is going to release after we record. I saw something really cool that's not released yet. So, So can you... Oh, you have to wait until like next week to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Is Can it I tell is my it story? is it the thing from that company? It's the thing from that company that that does the thing on your bike. Okay. That helps you do the thing. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait until you see that thing because it's going to be mind blowing. All right. Can I go? Can I tell my helicopter story? Sure. Balls. <laughs> so, I was out hunting, of course. Because that's all I do now. Um, now? Well, yeah, sure. So I was going to go and look in this kind of creek bottom area for mountain lion tracks. And I got isn't there, down... Isn't there like a fancier name for that? Drainage? Yeah. Drainage I, thought an even, I thought there was an even fancier name. A holler? A yeah, I think holler is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was going down into this holler. But I got kind Jesus of over the lip Christ. of it. And uh, I could hear some animals down in the bottom. It sounded like elk. Like, elk are big animals, like, in the five to 800-pound range. When they move around in the woods, even if they're just, like, chilling and eating and, you know, not running from you or anything, like, they make some noise. Like, they crash through branches and step on sticks and whatever, and I, are elk, I could hear them. Are elk hunted yeah. by anything in the wild? Uh, wolves and coy- I saw tracks... Of a pack of coyotes following a herd of elk. But, like, surely elk are big enough that they're not... If there's one that's, like, injured or sick or old or whatever, like, a coy- coyotes will take it down. And elk are, like, unlike a deer, not saying that a deer couldn't, you know, if you got... I don't know. It seems to like me... Like, one coyote versus a deer. Like, a deer might be able to, you know, like, paw it in the head and hurt it pretty bad. But it seems like... I th- an elk can actually be pretty mean, right? Well, I mean, an elk is like, it's not as big as a moose, but it's more like when it clobbers you in the head, like, your gray matter might scramble. Yeah, yeah, like, 
you know, if a if a deer paws at something, it's going to cause damage. Like if an elk really got mad and like hit you with a hoof, um, it it could it could kill you. What, it could what definitely. Would win? They could. An elk or a hippo? Hippo. Oh. One hundred percent. Like a moose versus a hippo, that might be a fight. But yeah, like a hippo is pretty. Elk, if you buck. <laughs> yeah. Elk, if you buck. <laughs> but we're gonna have to. So we're gonna I have could... to stage that the best of America versus the best of Africa. <laughs> And South America. <laughs> but anyway, um, I hear elk. And it's it's wintertime. And it's, ethically speaking, you know, if I was, like, chasing a mountain lion, I would go and, like, scare the elk off and keep chasing a mountain lion. But I wasn't. I was just kind of looking for tracks. And I could hear these elk. And it's, it's wintertime. And the animals kind of have a hard time in the wintertime because there's not a lot to eat. All of the female animals are pregnant. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fuck around. I'm not going to like push this big herd of elk out and like make them run around and burn calories off because, you know, they're essentially starving through the winter. So I change my course and just take a different route. Like five minutes later, this small plane flies overhead, kind of low, but there's a, there's a small Most fortunate plane. sun plane. What? Was fortunate sun plane? Not yet. And it, it just kind of makes a low pass. But there's a small airport that's not far from there. So that happens sometimes. Just people out like sightseeing and shit. You know, that that's not that uncommon of a thing in that area. So I kind of keep going. Well, a few minutes later, the plane passes by even closer. And a fucking helicopter comes through like right above the trees. And they go to that spot where I had just been. And, like, fly up that creek drainage. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, like, they're, they're like, that's that's really weird. Was this, like, a little one-person glass cube helicopter or, no, like, a freaking Apache? Like a, it was in between. It was not, may, maybe not, like, the size of, like, a Flight for Life helicopter, but it was, like, a two-person helicopter. It was a, it substantial. It wasn't a shopping cart-sized helicopter? Yeah, it was not a shopping cart-sized helicopter. But it wasn't, like, military with missiles and shit hanging off of it, right? No, no, it was just a helicopter. Because, by the way, we like, see those a bunch here in Utah, and it's kind of fucking really cool every time you see them because they're going really fast and they got all kinds of missiles hanging off of them. But anyway, they go do on. that. That happens here. Um, they fly down like they they do low pass flights with, like helicopters and all sorts of military stuff out of Colorado Springs. Uh, and they they have a refueling station in Leadville, so they fly Colorado to Leadville training missions or Springs to Leadville training missions a good bit. That's yeah, so, that's pretty um, cool. So this helicopter keeps doing that in different spots all around me with this plane like circling the same areas. And I'm like, "Holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Is it search and rescue?" Like, I didn't know what was happening and I, then I thought Fuck, is there like a manhunt going on? Is there like a fucking serial killer on the loose right now that's like really close to where I am and they're looking for them? Good thing you got a gun. You can shoot him in the face. Yeah, I could I could definitely do that. But so I actually like I get to a spot where I have phone service and I call the sheriff's department. I'm like, hey, um, this is what's going on. And I just want to make sure I'm not in any kind of danger. The guy's like, oh, no, that's just a CPW, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. They're doing wildlife counts. So they were they were essentially like scaring the elk out and counting the number of elk that were being scared out. So <laughs> that was that was my excitement 
for the weekend and yeah it was it was wild like i could actually i saw i could see they were low enough that i could see the face of the person in the helicopter so it was it was pretty intense for a minute and i i kind of got out of there and i actually did find a mountain lion track later that afternoon but i didn't really have enough time to really follow it because it was late so i went back first thing in the morning but unfortunately that night it didn't get very cold and as soon as the sun came out it just it nuked all of the tracks so I was kind of shit out of I'm I've just I'm kind of on hiatus right now just waiting for more snow to happen. So that's been my week. Did some CrossFit today. It was good. That's about it. Balls. Kenny. I went camping. Oh yeah, you did your like your luxury, your glamping, your car glamping. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't like up. wasn't super luxury. Yeah, just a bunch of dudes in the desert with a bunch of guns and explosives and dirt bikes. So yeah, kind Did of, you blow up Tannerite? Kind of the dream. Possibly. There's a possibility. <laughs> I am not going to confirm or deny anything that we did. All right. But it was really fun. Probably six people. That's not illegal to blow up Tannerite. No, it's not. But, you know, in case there's a, a forest fire later or something like that, I don't want to I don't <laughs> want to be there. But no, I mean, there's there's not. We were uh, we were there for a long time after we did that. And it was at our campsite, but basically we were in the San San Rafael, San Rafael swell. Yeah, so we were in the swell. Really cool area. We were just north of Interstate seventy, so kind of on the Cedar Mountain side. We saw the little, I think it's called Little Grand Canyon, and that was really pretty, pretty, uh, pretty deep in there. There's like a little river, bunch of rocks pretty cool it's kind of like a small grand canyon so maybe it should be called the not so grand canyon (laughs) or the not quite as grand canyon yeah or that other canyon is a bit more grand canyon yep uh what else yeah i rode my dirt bike from our campsite to there was stretching the range on it pretty far but ended up not getting stranded which is good Ended up riding some single track that turned out to be a mountain bike trail. So, oops. And uh, yeah, there were no there were no signs until I was like out of it, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a mountain bike trail, but it was flat <laughs> and it was flat and mostly rocky and stuff. So, is it like reverse trespassing where you are on public land and you follow out of like a road or a trail to get out to civilization, and all of a sudden you pass a sign? You know, like you pass the back of the sign, and when you turn around and look, it says no trespassing. Exactly. It's kind of one of those things where, yeah. Uh, but it was pretty fun and pretty scenic. What else did we do? We made meat rice, like super awesome meat rice with super high quality beef. I can't remember what cut it was. Not but... lab-grown rice that's meaty that I've had 50 people send me the link to. <laughs> no, no. But that was really fun. Brought a whole bunch of, we brought the entire kitchen. So brought an air fryer and a rice cooker and coffee machine and probably some other stuff. But yeah, it was very successful. A bunch of people had Red Rider BB guns. And those (laughs) things are really cool. They're 50 bucks. So everybody should go out and buy one of those, by the way. They're on Amazon and they just deliver them to your door. Did anyone shoot their eye out? Nobody shot their eye out. Yeah, the Red Rider BB gun was the least of my worries with all the firearms that we had there. <laughs> but no, everybody was an adult and responsible. 
but yeah, we shot every every gun that's ever been made. Uh, <laughs> so that was fun. We uh, may, may or may not have blown up Tannerite. Uh, we had silencers there. Kenny, real quick. Yep. The Red Rider is thirty nine ninety nine with free two day prime delivery. You got to be careful though. You don't want the kid Red Rider because it's got a super duper short uh, pull length. They make an adult version, which is much more comfortable to shoot. And that it's looks f- like an over- adult bucks. version. You'll know it's the right one because it's fifty. Okay. So everybody should go buy one. That's your homework. Uh, what else? I oh yeah, there it is. The adult Red Rider fifty seventy nine. There you go. I slept in the ridgeline. It was relatively uncomfortable, but also pretty comfortable. You have to kind of sleep in a half fetus position. The width is pretty good. You can fit a 25-inch trifold mattress in there, but lengthwise, it's like four feet long, and I'm not four feet long. (laughs) But it was out of the elements. It was pretty warm and quiet and level and all that. I don't really like sleeping outside. Uh, what else? It was pretty cold. It was probably mid twenties at night. So pretty chilly. Oh, if you want to sleep more diagonally and get slightly more room, uh, the company Xped makes a really, really good inflatable, like a car camping mattress and you can get it in single width. So it's not as you could like caddy corner it instead of trying to make it square to the bed. Are you sleeping on the back seat or in the bed of the truck? I'm sleeping in the car. Oh, never mind. Yeah, and the back seats are actually pretty big in the Ridgeline, uh, just slightly smaller than like an F-150 when you have the seats folded up. So again, on the floor, it's like 26 inches wide, so fairly wide, uh, but it's a length problem because I'm sleeping sideways, Oh, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, it's nice because you're on the floor. And the seats are up, so you can like sit up very easily. You're not like hitting your roof or anything like that. Because even in, imagine if you had a Forerunner, for example, which you have obviously. Uh, so my roommate has a Forerunner with a little platform made, made for it, but you can't really sit up in that thing once you have even a really short platform, like a six-inch platform with a really tiny drawer and all that. Oh, see, you kind of can't sit I have, up in it. So I this is going to be very specific. And I don't know if our listeners care, but so like the Forerunner, when you fold the back seats down, there's a lip. There's a differential between when you lay the back seat down flat, there's a differential between the horizontal back of the seat and the floor. Yeah, like the rear part, like the trunk area. It's maybe like an inch or two. And so Matt built a platform that makes that level. And it has like a very small, I wouldn't even call it a drawer, it's more I, like a pull-out shelf. Yeah, it's like a, a little pull-out shelf on that when you open the tailgate, you can pull it out. I use it for cooking like all the time when I'm camping. It's perfect for that. And uh, yeah, like so I, I can actually sit up in mine. Like when I have that X-Ped, it's an X-Ped, X-Ped Mega Mat. I think it's four or five inches thick. And Sheet thick. Uh, yeah, and it like I can I can sit up straight. Like my hair touches the roof, but... I can sit up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So anyway, I was it was not the best thing in the world, but definitely not like horrific. Surprise it's crazy how much your like your hips lock up if you at least for me, and it was two nights in a row. So for the first like thirty minutes or an hour as you're like, you know, dozing off, it's not that bad. And then you wake up and you are like locked up at the hips and you basically are 
you have this urge. You're like, I've got to get my legs straight <laughs> and you just can't, which is tough, but you can like, you can take breaks. You can sit up. Um, like I could put my back, um, like, yeah, just sit up with your legs straight in front of you. And that my was, man was sleeping in shifts. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, but not the worst thing in the world. Uh, if I did that long term, I'd have to figure out a different solution. But overall, not too bad. I just randomly hopped on Amazon and bought the trifold thing, and it worked out reasonably well. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Road dirt bikes, just did desert things. It's really cool out there. You should head out. There's a zillion places to explore. You can do whatever you want, and there's no people. So if that's something that you like to do you would probably like it, but uh, also don't come out there because I don't want to see you. <laughs> Specifically, Andrea and I, or like the general you? General public. Well, fuck you either way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's really it for me. I think this weekend it's going to be, it's kind of rainy here still, a little chilly, not snowy. I am probably going to go down south next weekend. Maybe mountain bike, maybe moto. I don't really know. I'd like to try out the new suspension. And uh, I guess one more shout out while I'm thinking about it. If anybody is interested in working for EXT, I don't know exactly what the role would be, but more like general, probably customer service or light rebuilding or just normal small business type stuff. You're not going to be uh, designing dampers, I don't think so. Uh, and to the one person that did have that experience, I have not officially gotten back to you, but it seems like we may have had a slight miscommunication on what the job role is. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for me. Cool. Balls. If anyone is wondering why they keep saying balls, it's because when we signed into our Google meeting with Kenny, that was the first thing he said to us. He just, it was like silence and then just balls. <laughs> There you go. Very memorable. Mm-hmm. Totally. We want to get into some bike industry news. I got a bunch queued up. There is a lot going on. There's actually... Really? We may not even do any listener questions tonight. There's just... Uh, Bell Sports recalls the Soquel, Soquel, S-O-Q-E-U-L youth helmet for a strap anchor defect. About 2,400 helmets in the U.S. and another roughly 2,400 in Canada, maple syrup land. Contact Bell for a refund, which can be obtained after cutting off the straps and then uploading helmets of the photo to consumersupport-bell at bellhelmets.com to prove destruction. I mean, photos of the helmet. Whatever, yeah. There's a lot of good information on the bicycle retailer about it. That would probably be the easiest way to find this information. They were sold at Fred Meyer, Walmart, and other stores nationwide between January of 2017 and January of 2024. All right. Mass redundancy is reported at Wiggle Chain Reaction. What? What is a mass redundancy? I mean, I know. Well, they kind of knew. Two... They knew all that was like there was a lot of uh, crossover. By the way, I thought that company was gone. Uh, it's been tumultuous. Hmm. So, of the 450 people that were working at Wiggle CRC, there's only a few remaining. So, <laughs> yeah. There's that. Uh, what else? We have you some got? good news. Garmin reports record revenue for 2023, 13 percent year over year. You know, we've been reporting like bad revenues. There's there's a good one. Yeah, people really love buying those radars. So. Yep, and then uh, sounds like 
State Farm and Rad Power Bikes have settled a lawsuit over an e-bike fire. Yeah, but they it got dismissed on all claims, is my understanding. Yeah, I just I hadn't read through the article yet, but that was just the headline. Factually frivolous. <laughs> there you go. So if your e-bike catches your house on fire, Rad Power is not liable well, for it. Well, to me, it sounds like maybe he didn't actually have a Rad Power bike or something goofy or the rad power bike did not in any way actually start the fire and he just it happened to be in his garage and it was hot coals he put in his garbage pail or something and like i i don't actually know the answer to that but there's got to be some there's got to be some pretty good reason for that yeah yeah also at the end of the day i don't know why an individual would really go after that company because at the end of the day if you're insured it would be your insurance company that would go after that person yeah that's who it is state farm Rad power bikes. They're like, well, I got to buy this person a new house, so fuck you, pay me. Yep. We want to talk about other good but not good stuff? I want to talk about this e-bike that actually looks like something I'd be... It's in the... I, I don't think this is exactly what I would be looking for for a uh, an outdoor adventure e-bike because it's, it's rigid. But Turn is making it a fat cargo e-bike. It's actually compatible with any fat bike wheel. So like a 29 plus, you know, like a 29 by three down to like your standard 26 by, I forgot what the biggest 26, but like fat bike tires. Yeah, for, it tells it in here somewhere. Yeah, 26 by five to 29 by three and then 27 and a half by four. So it takes two batteries. Let me find the details on here. But it's the Turn Orox, 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 I don't know, O-R-O-X. So it's rigid, which, eh, maybe not the best thing for my, what I want to use it for, but it. Yeah, but you're not going to, like, I'll just say you're not going to jump it. So you could run like 29 threes at like 11 PSI. Yeah, that's true. So it uses two 800 watt hour batteries and it. That gives it a range of about 186 miles. It's kind of funny. In this article, Kenny, it says a possible range of more than 300 kilometers. That's about 186 miles for the countries that are scared of the metric system. <laughs> also, yeah. the ranges claimed by most of these companies are pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I, I really crazy. wish that they... Uh, they would give you a little more specification, like this range is if you're on a flat, paved road using the lowest amount of assist. Yeah, it's ridiculous. For example, Suron Ultra B that I have with a very large battery, and yes, I don't ride it slow, but I'm talking about reasonable pace on a trail with really no stopping and regen all the way up. And they don't claim in that exact use case, but they just say in general, like, oh, you can get 60 miles of range bull fucking shit like not even close uh i get about 25 maybe 30 if i'm like really pushing my luck so that's half it's half of what they say i just don't even understand what use case you could get that range in maybe 10 miles an hour and you that's all you do downhill i I just don't i don't get it the the lies are pretty insane you know what I think would be a much more I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. There needs to be an independent tester that does a, and I don't know how they would want to do this. There, you could do it one of a couple. Uh, there's a 
a bunch of ways, but I would love to see 200 pound combined rider and cargo, right? Which I think is pretty reasonable, right? We're not using a hundred pound rider. We're not using a 300 pound rider, just 200 pounds. Like that's pretty average person size, right? And I want to see power data where like with 150 watt rider input, you could climb a 5% grade for, and I guess the ways that I'm thinking is you could say you climbed X number of miles before fully flat or that over a controlled, like let's say 10 mile climb, we used X percent of battery. And I think that would be, it would be really cool if there's an independent, um, yeah, it'd be great if there was an independent certification for that, but also like on this Emoto thing, I'm all about them, but you got to be realistic on what they can and cannot do. Why lie to your audience? Do you really think you're going to dupe someone into buying one and then they go ride it in real life conditions and they get half of the advertised distance? They're going to be fucking pissed. Why wouldn't you just just tell them something real? And then if you tell them something real, like, hey, average trail use, this thing's going to get 30 miles. And then if someone gets 31 miles, they're like, oh, shit, that's great. No, it's just like the stupid standover thing that that one company measures their standover at the fucking seat tube, the top tube seat tube junction, which is totally irrelevant. But people come into the bike shop and say, I want this bike because it has the lowest standover number on the geometry chart. I guess. Just don't beat Chris Kokalis and Pivot's dog shit bikes to death, okay? (laughs) That's what I'm saying, but like if they published a real battery number for that, then no one would go and look for it. They'd be like, oh, this is like the same as whatever bike. Just, I can. Motorcycle. I can, That's what I mean. I was talking, I'm back on motorcycles now. Like if they but published. But the hair's a, still standing up on the back of your neck. I can feel if it. They, if they published real numbers, then they would be, it would take, it would take some kind of an industry regulation where somebody said, okay, this is how we're going to report battery numbers for real life situations so that everyone had like a standard, but there's not, there's not a standard. So yeah, like they can ride it on the lowest power downhill on a flat road or whatever on a paved road and say, this is how much battery life we got. And that's what they state. Yeah. Like imagine your range on an e-bike. If you started at the top of Monarch and and went all the way down and then rode down airport road and then down highway 50. Right, exactly. Like so you could yeah, you could ride Monarch Crest on your e-bike and say like, "Oh, I rode at full power for however many miles." It's like doesn't it end up being like 30 something or 40 miles if you ride from the shuttle drop off back to town. Something, but it has a 4000 foot paved descent. Yeah, exactly. Like so you so you ride like 10 miles of real trail that has you know, it definitely has some su- substantial ups some downs and then when you're at the end of that you just descend you know 20 miles back to town so the world is getting so out of control with it uh with all these chinese manufacturers making stuff that's sold on amazon if you're buying like a flashlight or a battery or whatever and they just well it's not new it's it's been like i know that for forever i know but it's just know. obnoxious that they just say things that are 10 times what they actually do and it's really annoying all right anyway moving on with this with this e-bike it has a max on-road gross vehicle weight of 210 kilograms which is 462 pounds and an off-road uh weight limit of 
397 pounds. Nope, that's not a weight limit. That is a... Gross vehicle weight. So bike, rider, cargo, all of that stuff. And that thing probably weighs 100 pounds. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's it's a lot, but... Do they ever say how much it weighs? Because the specialized haul weighs like 80 pounds. I just moved I'm one sure. of those around, uh, the the long one, in a mm-hmm. box, and it is bananas. It's probably, in the box, it's got to be over 100 pounds. It does not say how much it weighs on here, but uh, it can... It, they don't give you a lot of actual, like, bike specifications it's available with a roll-off and a carb gates carbon drive system or with shimano dior xt 1x12 which honestly um, i would rather have that than the 14 speed roll-off but totally but yeah i mean that's kind of the direction i'm looking at for like something that i would want for just doing not mountain bike riding but using to get places where i want to camp or hunt or hike or whatever it's pretty neat sorry my chair is squeaky tonight it just started doing that 74 and a half pounds with gates belt drive 73 pounds with shimano yeah Jeez. and so the the gates version is nine thousand dollars and the shimano version is 6600 or 6500 depending on which battery pack you go with I think there my e-fat bike is only 55. Yep. I need to weigh it. It's pretty heavy. Do you want to talk about this Mavic mid-drive? Nah, I don't care. I saw that on Bicycle Retailer and kind of skipped it. <laughs> but you can, if you want to talk about it, you can. Uh, yeah, there's not much to talk about other than it does maybe seem cool, and supposedly they built a really light bike around it. But I would ask you all a question. Would, would you, you buy anything that said Mavic on it, let Would you buy... A super crazy piece of electronic equipment that said Mavic on it? I sure as fuck wouldn't. Hell no. (laughs) To the no, no, no. (laughs) Hell no. All right. Moving on. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Kenny, that's why I didn't even like open that article because I saw that and I'm like, it doesn't matter how cool it is. I wouldn't buy their shit. (laughs) So, yeah. Matt and I both have the same thing open. Hope is making a carbon crank now. And Kenny, you'll be happy about this. It only comes in 155, 165, and 170 millimeter crank lengths. 155, 165, and 170? They skipped 160? Yep. They did. That's they did, weird, I think, but okay. Uh, they, there's no 175. You can get the, the alloy version. Uh, it looks like it's still available in 175, but... Well, that's and cool. And their, their road and gravel cranks are still longer, but yeah, for this mountain bike, carbon crank 170s as long as they get now people need to actually start building bikes around short cranks i think they have because they have a trail and an enduro bike i'm assuming they are short cranked bikes yeah i don't don't (laughs) matt's not a fan now we're gonna get matt on some short cranks bikes we're gonna get you on a rip and descent on a super low center of gravity trail bike and you're gonna love it and then you're gonna say how wrong you were and how how, sad, like how how sad you are i like how a feature of this crank is a foam core in the in the crank to damp vibrations when no that means <laughs> that you realize that it's really expensive to get that shit out of the mold afterwards so you just leave it in there and call it a feature <laughs> that's why xx cranks 
costs a lot more than XO carbon cranks because they got to yep. get that shit out of there. Yep. Can we can we talk about these? I wasn't. That was what the hope breaks or the envy wheels. Because I wasn't going to talk about envy wheels because they're just road wheels. They're not you, wheels. They're you tires. Oh. Uh, Hayes released purple brakes. So if you want the coolest looking, best feeling brake for like six months before the pistons start leaking, then get these. Sure. Hope is doing a new color in their stuff too. They're doing a bronze, which actually it looks really nice. But, you know, in Colorado, I'm kind of over colorful anodized stuff because it just the sun here is just tenacious yeah it's it's pretty vicious on colored parts so even i mean even black stuff starts to turn brown at least it stays black a little longer than these other things stay whatever color they started at uh yeah i want to touch on this envy released some new road tubeless tires and so same tire they've been making they just they used to make them in 25 they do odd sizes only 25 through 33 or 31 and they've added in 33 and 35 so it's pretty cool some all-road tires. Yep. And then are we going to talk about the Cannondale Motera SL? It looks cool. It's expensive as fuck. I didn't look at it yet. Yeah, like the the lightest, fanciest one is like $14,000, I think. So? If you're broke, just say you're broke. <laughs> 85 newton meters of torque and 600 watts of max. I don't know my e-bike terms that well. I just see the numbers and I'm like, hey, that's a higher number than that other one. <laughs> you are a uh, marketer's dream. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, this white looks cool. The Cannondale? Yeah. It does. I mean, it looks nice, just in general. Now, can we pay our wolf tooth tax? Always. Arrow chain rings for GRX cranks. I don't care if they're actually arrow or not. They look fucking sick. That's all there is to yeah, it. Yeah, I kind of like the solid... Uh, chain ring look just on any crank like any brand any crank like the I think the solid chain ring looks neat I think it's a subconscious thing for me I think they're really ugly because it reminds me of try stuff and try stuff <laughs> makes me sad we'll see it reminds me of old BMX stuff which makes me happy okay see there you go all right we gotta move on I'm out of stuff all right the Victoria airliner uh, has a new shape for enduro and downhill models. Uh, so it's kind of a, I don't know, it's not exactly triangle shaped, but it's like a truncated Y. Yeah, it's like a Y shaped liner now. So it's got little like the. It's got wings. Yeah, like the arms of the Y stick out into your tire and the bottom of the Y goes into your rim bed. And when you hit stuff, it flattens out and protects protects your tire. I feel like it's battle of the foam liners. <laughs> All kinds really of is. weird, random shit that nobody cares about. I need to come out with one. It's got fucking magnets in it. <laughs> what would the magnets do for you, Kenny? They could do all kinds of things. They're going to affect your mood. Uh, they <laughs> are going to get in sync with um, with the moon's gravity and uh you know the tide what if you're riding in ferris dirt like we have here in colorado it'll repel that okay <laughs> it'll be a non-magnetic magnet Ooh, that's a good idea so it yeah it'll be make you go faster it'll be pushing away yeah so if you ride or in could you reverse kind of the magnet so that it would 
attract the ferrous dirt and give you more traction because it no. would be pulling you towards the ground. When I said non-magnetic magnets, I mean, Kenny's just going to lie and say there's magnets in there. Ah, uh, but that's actually pretty brilliant. I'm already coming up with this marketing idea. I like that where you have alternating uh, positive negative. Yeah. Like, alternate uh, nor- poles. sorry, North South pole. That's, that's not how magnets work anyway. So we got North South pole and they're alternating and yeah, one part of it, sucks the dirt to your tire to give you more traction and the other one repels it to make you go faster. Well, there you go. Curve Cycling has a crowdfund going on for the Titanosaur, which is a 36-inch wheeled gravel bike. They're looking for 20 people. Once they have 20 people that are willing to put down a deposit on this, they will make a 36-inch. Are they going to sign an agreement where if tires aren't available in three years, they'll guarantee to buy the, back, the bike back at retail? Because where the fuck oh, I'm do you sure, buy I'm a 36 sure inch tire? Well, I thought a bunch of 36 tires existed already because the unicycle world started with them, right? Oh, I don't know. 30, 36ers have been out for a minute. But are they good? Uh, I don't know. You got that company, Dirty Sixer, that makes a bunch of aluminum ones. We've built up a few. There's the unicycles. I'm pretty sure there's two or three decent tire choices, if I'm not mistaken. Now, wheels... That I don't know. I mean, I just found a V wire bead that's $130. Nice. Could you imagine the gearing that you'd have to have on that thing? I guess you'd just run a super duper tiny That's what front it looks ring. like. Yeah, it looks like they have a pretty small front ring on here. You have to basically put down a 3255 US dollar deposit, and then you pay the balance based on the build that is selected and that is due on the full price of it is $9,100 for a force axis. I think it could be legitimately cool. If you are super tall, I get it. I think that would be really cool, but eh. Looks like they have a custom wheel or they had a wheel or rim built for it because it's got their little uh, dinosaur logo on it and their curve logo. They almost look carbon. I wonder if they are. No. It has a carbon fork. It says carbon rims. Fuck me, I'm wrong. Can we get a geometry chart? I like that they have a... a v V rubber tires, but they are tubeless. It says, well, it says T-Monster tires set up tubeless. I like that the logo is like a brontosaurus or whatever dinosaur yeah, that is. I think you're right. Works best for riders six feet tall and taller, but has sizes medium to 4XL says will accommodate riders that range from 57 to 7 foot 3. I would I like to wheelie a 36er. Yeah, it wouldn't be that hard. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I like I really want to. I mean, what's the chainstay length on this? It'll say somewhere. Yeah, that stack or that reach on that is uh, I think it would, I, I, would re- I think it would wheelie really good. Mm. The reach on the medium is longer than the reach on my uh mountain bikes. Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't how you're actually going to what is the reach on a medium? Like 640? 457. 457. Or I'm sorry, what's the effective top tube? 643. Okay. That's kind of like a large. Oh, yeah. You could wheelie that. It's got a, what did I say, 570 chainstay? The Hey Duke LBS has a 600. It's totally wheelieable. All right. And last thing that I want to talk about that I've got open on my computer is that Enduro is now... Uh, offering their max hit option for T47 bottom bracket, uh, which is basically they re-engineered, instead of it being like a cup, 
that then holds a bearing. The cup is also the race for the bearing, so they can put larger balls inside of it. Balls. Isn't that kind of negating the whole purpose of T-47, though? I don't know. I mean, according to uh, this article, they have a lifetime warranty, including against corrosion. Yeah, I guarantee they'll say you didn't service it properly. The point of T-47 is that you get external bearings that are large on a 30 mil spindle, right? Isn't that the whole point? Yeah. Okay. They make it for, you can get one that fits in your T-47 bottom bracket for 24 millimeter cranks, dub cranks, and 30 mil. We should go to... Bed. (laughs) Listener questions. Oh, someone wanting to weigh in on full face and mouth guards. I'll just read through it real quick. We don't have to talk about it a lot since we've talked a lot about full face helmets in the last two episodes. This is from Full Face Ray Ray. Full Face Ray Ray says, Wanted to weigh in on full face and mouth guards. I have a lot of expensive dental work and I've been riding full face for over 20 years. The Kali Invader is by far the best I've worn. I even race for five hours in this helmet, no problem. They also have a sweet, free, lifetime crash replacement policy. You send in the old helmet and describe the impact so they can analyze the impact. They also use 100% recyclable materials and plastic from the ocean. They are a company often overlooked, but super fucking rad. Well, that's good. That's interesting information. Uh, Mouth guards. These really help with concussions, and several studies have shown they reduce the severity of ones. I use the Sisu mouth guards as they are very thin and easy to talk in. And he gives a link. Thank you, full face Ray Ray. This is from Seamus O'Toole. Says, hey, JRA, I cannot express... And I, I love emails like this because, you know, I mean, I like helping people with their bike stuff. But if we can help someone with, like, I don't know, getting through tough times just because we get on the internet and talk about shit, um, I that's really, like, more motivation to keep doing it than anything else. So he says, Hey, JRA, I cannot express how much I love Monday mornings because of y'all. I went through a pretty bad mental health issue this last year, and you three really helped. Here's my question. I grew up riding in the Ozarks and then spent 14 years living in Sandy, Utah, and probably passed full-face Kenny. I had some pretty good technical riding skills. I spent a bunch of time riding in southern Utah and in the Boise area. Unfortunately, I was transferred to a third-world country called Mississippi in 2018 and have only ridden technical stuff when I travel elsewhere. A great government I have sold my soul to has transferred me back to Utah. Moab, they call it. Do y'all have any advice on where a 40-year-old man should start to rebuild his technical riding? I'm currently on a Process 134C. Both collarbones are plated, but I have no idea how to get back to riding on rock. Thanks for what you do. It certainly helped me out in my darkest hour. Who is this again? This is Seamus O'Toole. Well, Seamus, I'm glad we could be there for you. Yeah. And uh, I'm not even going to make any jokes here. Uh, it's just really nice. Now I am going to make a joke. Your collarbones are plated, man. Send it. You can't break <laughs> them again. I know that's not how it works. I, I did, Don't send me an email. So there, uh, are, there are some easier trails at Moab. I have been to the Klondike trails, which are, I think, on like the more, there are a few miles north of Moab. 
there's definitely some rock out there, but it's generally less technical than like, say, Porcupine Rim or Captain Ahab. There's, God, I forgot the name of the place just on the north side of town right over the river. But I know that it's a really popular beginner and intermediate trail area. What else? I mean, there's there's tons of like, God, the Jeep roads there can get gnarlier than the trails. Well, but there's a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You got options before you go like full send. And also realize that you're probably in one of the most beautiful places and one of the most iconic places to ride a mountain bike. And with that, just remember, there's no harm in turning back. There's also no shame in walking anything. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone gives you a hard time... Tell them Andrea said go fuck yourself. No, I would say, hey, I just moved back here from Mississippi where we got to ride flat trails through the woods. And, you know, it's such a great day to just be out here enjoying myself. Look at these views. I don't want to get hurt out here. And, like, be so overly optimistic that it just breaks their brain. By the way, I walk shit all the time. There's plenty of gnarly shit out there. And, yeah, anyone who gets it in their head that they're if they're going to look down on someone for walking something, I guarantee you that there is plenty of shit that people do that's way gnarlier than said bro. Promise you. So, yeah, uh, yeah don't don't worry about it. Do do stuff at your own pace. And generally speaking, like you're you know what you're comfortable doing and not. If you see something and like you can't see the exit, for example, and it's the first time you've been to an obstacle don't just randomly roll off it, right? Like, cause you actually don't know what it is. Um, just, yeah, take your time, go look at stuff. Like there's nothing wrong with scoping stuff out and looking at it. And if you look at it and your gut says, you know what, that's not good. Um, and sometimes it's fun to work through those things and get over that. Right. But, but you uh, live there now, you've got plenty of time to work through it. Yeah. You don't need to be amazing on day one. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I would, if I were you, I would head into Poison Spider. I would like pick up a map and I don't know if they sell trinkets, but like just pick up some little item like some sealant or chain lube and then be like, hey, just wanted to introduce myself. Uh, just moved to Moab from Mississippi. Haven't been on technical stuff in a while. And like, can you point me in the direction of some of the more gentle trails where you think I'll have the best success for, you know, easing my way back into technical riding? And I'm sure they're going to be like, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. the, the Moab brand trails. And if also, like, I'm looking at Mountain Bike Project right now. Uh, there are a lot of map options that you could look at, and they have decent trail ratings. Uh, the Moab brand trails has a lot of green and blue options. But just realize that, oh, stop scrolling, because you were changing the map around. One of the blue trails you were looking at was seven miles with 700 feet of climbing and descending. So yeah, like, that's true. Blue for Moab is is black for Mississippi, you know. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely some stuff out there. Uh, Mag 7 is another one. Uh, they're a little bit longer. There are a few technical things, more of like kind of intermediate stuff. But yeah, you've definitely got some options around Moab for backcountry riding on roads and Jeep roads. There's trails really close to town. There's, I mean, there's all the big like iconic stuff like porcupine rim so you've definitely got your options for um 
you know, just writing some easier stuff out there. But yeah, Matt's suggestion of going to the bike shop and, you know, like, go to all of the bike shops in town, tell them the same thing, see which ones are the nicest. Those are probably the ones that you want to form a relationship with if you're going to live there. And, you know, be like, this is, this is my shop. This is the one I like to go to. All right. And then our last form entry, maybe our last question of the night. Yep. This is from Brady, super fan Brady. Says, would you rather spend the rest of your life riding a bike where the saddle isn't perfectly aligned with the bike? Noticeable, noticeable, but not like full-blown 90 degrees off. Or ride a noisy press-fit bottom bracket. This goes for all your bikes forever. Pick one. Uh, I would go with the crooked saddle. I'd go with the noisy bottom bracket. I've got too many back and body problems to ever deal with the crooked saddle. I'd start running. <laughs> all right. Well, there you have it. Is that it for tonight? Balls. Wait, I mean, shut her down. Is that it? We doing it? <laughs> yeah, Kenny, you're it, supposed to down. say it too. All right, everybody. Thank you all for listening and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your great pads.